It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you listen, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing okay. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912 268 23282. That's 9122682328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Holiday Inn and all their properties. Listen, if you've got to travel someplace and you need to spend the night, make sure you spend it at a Holiday Inn property. My favorites, Holiday Inn Resorts, and of course, the Holiday Inn Express. But I'll give you a better reason to stay. I'll get you a discount. That's right. You can get a Billy C discount. Call our toll-free number, 844-603-0364. 844-603-0364. Or just click on the banner up on our website, billycboxing.com. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Southern Gourmet Spice Company. I'm donning the t-shirt today. And of course, my favorite spice, Kenny Bear's Barbecue Rub. I eat it on everything, or I should say I put it on everything to make it taste better. Get yourself a bottle today. Demand the Billy C discount. Just go to uh, southerngourmetspice.com. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Better Man on the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold. You can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to this very show. Just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told. And oh yes, it's a true story. What? Whoa, you want a signed copy? Just visit the website, billycboxing.com and click on the book. You want more than one copy? Then I'll hook you up with a great deal. Just drop me an email, Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. Um, coming up uh, on the show uh, in a little bit, uh, we will be uh, breaking down and giving you our predictions uh, on the uh, uh, Jose Carlos Ramirez and Danny O'Connor fight that's scheduled for uh, this weekend. And there's another fight on that card that I'm going to break down and give you a prediction. Andy Ruiz Jr. is taking on Kevin Johnson. We'll talk about that. Um, I got some emails to read, uh, which uh, I can't wait to. There's a couple of good ones there. And also the uh, WBC and that whole uh, shenanigan-laced 
purse bid for the world uh, light heavyweight title. Uh, I'll uh, give you an update on that. Um, but first, I'd like to talk about some rumors. There's been a lot of rumors going on uh, concerning uh, Deontay Wilder fighting Tyson Fury. Uh, we all thought that Deontay Wilder was going to be fighting Dominic Brazil. We all wanted to see Deontay Wilder fight Anthony Joshua. Uh, according to, uh, well, at least in my opinion, uh, Deontay Wilder dropped the ball. He's left without a dance partner. Uh, presumably, everyone thought he was going to be fighting Dominic Brazil. Uh, we know that Anthony Joshua is fighting Alexander Povetkin. And Anthony Joshua also has a date set for Wembley Stadium uh, in April of 2019, uh, which uh, hopefully Deontay Wilder's name is penciled in. But Tyson Fury has come out and said that he is willing to fight Deontay Wilder right now, uh, if they gave him $50 million, the same $50 million that they were offering uh, Anthony Joshua. Now, according to some inside sources, these two guys, these, these two teams are actually talking and trying to put something down. I, listen, I if if Tyson Fury was in the best shape of his life, I'm not so sure he can beat Deontay Wilder. I, I, I listen, Deontay Wilder, in my opinion, is a one-trick pony. He's got punching power, and that's it. But He's got freakish punching power. Now, I'm not suggesting that he can punch harder than Vladimir Klitschko. And Tyson Fury has a, a knack for being able to tie uh, fighters up. And he's certainly a lot bigger than Deontay Wilder. But Tyson Fury today, the Tyson Fury that we just watched fight in his last fight, I don't think stands a chance with Deontay Wilder. Now, if Tyson Fury got back in great shape and we were talking about this six months, a year from now, it would be a different story. But if the next fight that Tyson Fury has is against Deontay Wilder, I don't think he stands a chance. Joining me right now to get his opinion uh, is my man, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Sal, what's your thoughts on the rumors that uh, Deontay Wilder will fight Tyson Fury? Well, good morning, Bill. You know, as I heard you say that, I'm thinking, well, Boy, this is reminiscent of the rumors that uh, Deontay Wilder, Deontay Wilder, was going to fight Anthony Joshua, and we know where that wound up. So uh, here we are again, uh, new, new horizon, new, uh, new opponent, new scenario, new outcome. We'll see what happens. Uh, I could see this fight being made and put together, but I also could see the end result as you suggest i think tyson fury uh will get in the rink and he'll uh, he'll uh, learn a, a good lesson from the punching freakish punching power of deontay wilder i think he'll try and uh move a bit and uh uh try to try to give him a look at the jab and uh um tie him up where he can but uh i think you know like i said i i know i i come off as uh being the biggest fan of Deontay Wilder. Well, I I am a big fan of Deontay Wilder, uh, and I just love the way he can ju just throw those punches in bunches. And uh, once he gets an opponent hurt, it's lights out, and uh, he knows. It. And I think I think uh, Tyson Fury will be on the receiving end of those big, mighty, bad punches. You know, uh, I mean, obviously, there's other uh, fighters that have been mentioned uh, for Tyson Fury's next fight. 
um, in England. Uh, you know, there's some big money fights that could be made for Tyson Fury. One is against uh, uh, the uh, Tony Bello, who had beaten uh, David Hay not once but twice. Um, you know, that could make him some money. I think what Tyson Fury is trying to do is is get the most money. And if Deontay Wilder's team, who alleged that they had $50 million to pay Anthony Joshua, I think if they anteed up and offered that kind of money to Tyson Fury to come on over to the U.S. and fight, he very well may. And I think that in his mind, he thinks that he's got a, a, a good chance of beating uh, Deontay Wilder. And although Deontay Wilder has the punching power um, to knock out Tyson Fury. See, I've never thought that Tyson Fury displayed, uh, although he's never, you know, been knocked out or anything like that, I, I, I just don't think he's got the chin. He's got a, an innate ability to tie his opponents up, and he's usually way bigger. I mean, when you look and dissect Tyson Fury's record, I mean, the best opponent on his record, of course, is Vladimir Klitschko, and Klitschko didn't fight a smart fight against him, basically let him steal that fight. Uh, even when he fought Steve U.S.'s Cunningham, Cunningham landed a couple of shots that, in my opinion, rocked Tyson Fury. That's why I don't think Tyson Fury could handle the punching power of a Deontay Wilder or an Anthony Joshua. But the one thing that Tyson Fury could do to Deontay Wilder that I'm not sure he could do to Anthony Joshua is kind of lean on him and, and tire him out. You know, Deontay Wilder... As much punching power as the guy possesses, Sal, he's a small guy, not height-wise, but weight-wise. This is a guy that conceivably, and has already said it, could go down to the cruiserweight division. You know, he's a guy that, that's not weighing uh, 220 pounds. You know, he, he, he could walk around comfortably at 205. You know, uh, yes, he's, he's a big guy, height-wise, but mass-wise, he's not. And Tyson Fury is a big guy all around, height, uh, mass, girth, etc. And he's got the ability, and he's shown it in the past, where he can get in close, tie his opponents up, lean on them, and tire them out. You said something about Deontay Wilder. You said you liked the way he throws punches and punches. Well, I, I don't think he does throw punches and punches. I think that he throws haymaker punches, that he's waiting to catch uh, an opponent with a bomb. And I think that although he displayed a, a, a good jab in his first fight with Bermain Stavern, he has not used it since. And I think he's developed the habit of blowing people away, and that's what he relies on. We saw that was evident in the uh, Luis Ortiz fight. Yes, he fought a little cautiously at first, but he reverted right back to trying to land a bomb. And I think that that's what he would do should he get in a ring with Tyson Fury. I think you drew a good picture, and, and I, I can't disagree with you. Uh, I think, as I said, and I, I've said this often, I don't think we've seen the best Deontay Wilder yet because I think he only rises to the level of opposition that he has to. And like I said, I could be daydreaming or, or grandioso a little bit on my my belief in, in his innate ability, but like I, I can almost visualize his being tutored and I put a lot of faith into Mark Breland, all right? I, I really do, because Breland's been there, done that. And, uh, you know, we, we forget about that. And there's got to be some times in a gym 
where these guys are working on, well, guess what? If you have a guy tying you up or, or leaning on you, trying to, trying to tire you out or so, guess what you do? You take a step back, you boom, 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 you uppercut. And Deontay Wilder does have that speed. And he does have the ability to, to, to you know, how, how can I say? I come from a wrestling and jujitsu background, too. And you know what? You know, you, you can feel. You can play with the guy on the inside. You can feel his weight. You can step back real fast. You could give an uppercut. You could do those things. And like I said, maybe that's the version or that's some of the moves that I could see uh, Deontay Wilder implementing against a big guy like uh, uh, like uh, Tyson Fury. Let me ask you and this. And Anthony Joshua, for that matter. Well, let me ask you this. What, Go ahead. Who's, whose footwork... Is Deontay Wilder going to borrow in order to follow your game plan? Because he doesn't possess that. What you're describing right now, what you're describing right now and how you would do it, you possess the footwork, Sal. Even yeah, even at 79 years old, you, you still yes, possess absolutely. it. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's he, he doesn't have that fluidness in the ring. Yes, he, he's got punching power. Yes, he throws punches from crazy angles. He displayed heart uh, in the fight with Luis, Luis Ortiz. He's, he gained a lot of respect, I know, f from me uh, in the Luis Ortiz fight. Okay, But, you know, when you're dealing with a fighter who's leaning on you, and you're 100% correct, you, you throw some punches to the body, you push him off, you dance around, you move around, you prevent him from grabbing you. let you. him fall you on know. you. You back up, you create the space, and you let him fall forward onto you while you blast him with an uppercut left hook and overhand right. Bam, well, well the, the thing is, is if a guy like Tyson Fury is leaning on you and you're able to land an uppercut, great. But, you know, uh, Deontay Wilder has shown that the most effective way he delivers punches is from the right distance where he can get the yes. most in his punch. I mean, he's not an inside guy. You know, uh, Anthony Joshua uh, can land punches on the outside and stuff, but he's also shown that he can land uh, an uppercut. I, I still thought that Vladimir Klitschko's head was going to end up in the third row when he landed the uppercut that, that uh, ultimately put him out, you know. So, um, I, I don't know. The bottom line is Tyson Fury's not ready. Uh, this is a guy that's uh, uh, very successful with his mouth, uh, you know, getting uh, uh, recognition. And, and I could see Deontay Wilder issuing a challenge and then pull the same shenanigans that he did with Anthony. Oh, even Tyson Fury's scared to see. They're all scared to fight me, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. But uh, anyway, I personally don't think that it would be a smart move for Tyson Fury right now. Uh, I think they're going to, you know, uh, feed him another cupcake or two, uh, then maybe have a domestic uh uh, matchup uh, with a guy like Tony Bellew, uh, and then ultimately a showdown with Anthony Joshua. Uh, but uh, but I, I think the only thing that could get Tyson Fury to immediately step in the ring with Deontay Wilder is about $50 million. Uh, I think uh, that would uh, uh, change his uh, thoughts. What do you think? Well, I think, you know, it would be a good chance I, I don't think uh, I don't think that the uh, Deontay Wilder camp will offer the same fifty, and uh, I, if they do, I'd see a lot of it going to Deontay Wilder. And but I could see this being a good five to ten million dollar fight for each each guy, uh, if they market it correctly, and if uh, let's say hypothetically they put the terms in Deontay's favor, we bring Tyson Fury over to the United States. We do it in Vegas, or we do it at the Barclay. We do it somewhere uh, that uh, that will be um, showcasing uh, 
our home home favorite here. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of ways to look at this and to market it. And and like I said, I think if uh, Mark Breland is is the trainer, I believe he is. Uh, I think he will be tootling, uh, tutelage and and showing uh, Deontay Wilder some of these ideas and moves on how to increase his level of uh, 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 ring smarts and 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 level of uh, 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 knowledge in the ring. And I think I, I th- like I said, maybe I take it for granted. I give too much uh, credit for people of what they should be doing. So uh, I'm doing that for Mark Breland. I think he he is the kind of guy that could pull Deontay Wilder aside and say, "Hey, Deontay, look, this is what we're going to do here. Here's how we're going to do it, and this is why we're going to do this." And I, I I think you know I think Deontay Wilder would also be a receptive student and wanting to learn, wanting to give it I, I i see that and maybe like i said maybe it's my own grandioso idea of what a relationship should be with a trusted trainer that you've had so long that also has the background and also has been there and done that and that's what i see so uh, you know they could train for that fight they can isolate on certain things that they see from their opponent that utilizes and does on his own uh, own uh, behalf but uh, if the trainer recognizes some things that can uh, be a good contribution and asset uh, then by all means he should be implementing it and, and utilizing it every day with his with his fighter once again to all the uh, tv and radio affiliates sal wouldn't shut up in time so we are not going to take I did a that break all here. one breath man. Uh, we're, we're not going to take a break here i apologize um at, at the bo- the bottom line sal is that tyson fury is not ready um he, no, here's not, where here's not. here's where tyson fury becomes the the uh, wild card Tyson Fury fights a couple of more stiffs. Uh, a, a guy like uh, the next step up, a, a, a punching, uh, a guy that's got some punching power, but not too dangerous, like a David Price type of a guy over in England, beats him. Then he fights a, a, a tougher opponent in England, like Tony Bellew. And, and all of a sudden, he's got three fights, three wins under his belt with his comeback. Now, all of a sudden, he's a viable opponent worth some money. He becomes an option for both Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. If I'm Tyson Fury, I continue doing what I'm doing, shooting off my mouth, saying I'm going to beat everybody, fight a couple of guys, get back into shape, because let's be real, if he doesn't look any any better in his next fight, uh, we're not going to see anything uh, resembling a, a world champion level fighter. So um, we'll see what happens. Don't count on him fighting Deontay Wilder despite the rumors this is my opinion. I still think Deontay Wilder is going to fight Dominic Brazil. There is a legitimate dislike uh, between those two guys. And like I've said all along, these two fights, uh, Anthony Joshua against Alexander Povetkin and Deontay Wilder against Dominic Brazil are dangerous fights for, for both AJ and, and Wilder. Trust me, Brazil is slow. Uh, he, he's People aren't afraid of him. He's got pop. He's got a great chin. Uh, Deontay's going to take him a little lightly, uh, and and Povetkin's a shorter fighter, which AJ has trouble with. He's got pop. I mean, these are dangerous fights for these guys, Sal. You're so correct. There is definitely, with both these fights, there is definitely an, an inherent risk with uh, these opponents, but there's also a calculated outcome, and that's, that's what these... Uh, the management teams are looking at the calculated outcome that they are betting on. And, uh, I think it'll be like, uh, like we said, a potentially dangerous fight for both of the, these guys, both Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. But 
with the uh, calculated outcome, I think that that'll, that will come to fruition, and you'll see uh, big victories on both sides. Um, some other news I wanted to talk about. Uh, the WBC yesterday, we were, uh, uh, we were discussing one of the most shady, ridiculous purse bids I think I've ever heard uh, about the WBC finally ordered. I mean, I don't think there's been a, a world champion in history that uh, avoided their mandatory title challenger as long as Adonis Stevenson has. And I don't think there's been a mandatory title challenger that's made as much money because of that in Elder Alvarez. Uh, but nonetheless, the WBC has finally uh, put their foot down and forced Adonis Stevenson, Adonis Stevenson to fight his mandatory title challenger, which now is uh, Alexander uh, Godzadik. And um, yesterday we were talking about the fact that the uh, purse bid was won by uh, TGB Promotions. And as soon as it was won, they immediately withdrew it, giving the second guy in line, um, which was Yvonne Michel's uh, GYM Promotions out of Canada, uh, the fight. Top Rank, who was the third bidder, uh, cried foul. Uh, you can't do that. The WBC agreed. I agree. I've never heard such a thing. Uh, but uh, uh, apparently the WBC has looked into this situation, has interviewed all the p parties involved, and has uh, cleared Yvonne Michel's GYM and has awarded them uh, the fight. Uh, they said that uh, it was not a collusion deal. And then somehow even Bob Arum agreed that he was wrong with his assumptions that it was uh, uh, a collusion deal. And he supports and agrees with the WBC and hopes to work closer with uh, Yvonne Michel. So uh, all of that is uh, put beside us now, uh, Sal. What's your thoughts with uh, uh, that being... Uh, said that the you know you know the story i mean what's your thoughts on how they uh, rectified it well i think you know it, it, until everything is is set in stone it, it's a it's a scenario uh, that's presented and, and and looking good and uh you know it's it's amazing how these things come about and uh go around the block a couple times before they settle out and done and it's over with and done so I, I think, you know, they arrived at uh, going through, as I use the term, minutia of, uh, of trying to wind up in a certain place. And it looks like that's where they're leveling out to be. But the, it's a lot of moving parts. And uh, uh, this, is, this is the fight game, ladies and gentlemen. This is how these things are done, unfortunately. Some more news to talk about. Nonito Donaire. Former champion. I think he, I'm wondering, is he even a, a champion now? No, he's not a champion now. 35-year-old Nonito Donaire, 38 wins, 5 losses. Uh, former uh, multi-division world champion. Uh, was uh, added to the World Boxing Super Series uh, yesterday. Um, this uh, gives us a, a lot of uh, talented fighters uh, in, in the 118-pound class. In addition to uh, Nonito Donaire, like we talked about it yesterday, Ryan Burnett, um, uh, Manny Rodriguez, uh, Zolani. Uh, and, and by the way, I, I've been corrected by several uh, listeners. It's not Teet, it's Tay-Tay. Uh, so Zolani uh, Tay-Tay, uh, 27-3, Jason Maloney. 
they're all in there. So uh, uh, we'll see uh, uh, what's going on. Also, um, Naoya Inoue uh, has also committed uh, to uh, the tourney as well. So, uh, listen, who... Uh, I, I love this World Boxing Super Series. I love it. It's uh, changing the complexion. The thing that bothers me the most, Sal, is the lack of American fighters. I mean, Nonito Donaire, of course, is an American fighter, but at 35 years old, his options are are uh, are starting to thin out. Um, it just seems that the majority of the guys that have titles are not U.S. world title holders. All the U.S. fighters that hold titles, Nonito Donaire doesn't hold a title, so he would be foolish not to have this opportunity. Uh, but a fighter in the U.S. that has a title doesn't seem to have the you-know-whats to step in the ring and put their title on the line like these other fighters do. At the end of the day, these this tournament specifically uh, will weed out and crown what will become the best fighter in those divisions. What's your thoughts? Well, it's it's phenomenal. Like I said, you know, you just said a mouthful right there. You have these European black uh, 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 fighters that, uh, you know, in the UK and everything else, and they, they're going to throw their hat in the ring. And, and, you know, not only does it uh, potentially um, move their ranking or so if they do not perform at the level that they should, but, uh, you know, they're putting it all in there. They're, 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 you know, you talk about a risk-reward, you know, where, where a lot of our domestic fighters uh, being advised by their management team that, hey, you know what? You're already over here. You're already up here. If you go into something like this, all you're going to get is, you know, right back where you are. Or the risk reward would be if you don't do performance at a level as you should, you might be knocked down a few notches. So, you know, it's it's a calc. I use that term. I'm, uh, I don't know why. I bite down on it once in a while. Uh, calculator risk and too much. Uh, too much that the United States fighters see with their teams that it's not worth their throwing their hat in the ring. But you have the UK fighters or, or the European block fighters that have no, hey, guess what? We're just here to fight. We don't care. We're going to prove we're the best, and uh, we're throwing our hat into the tournament, and we're going to show what we can do. They don't look for the end result. They're, not, they're looking at what's in front of them right now and what's the challenge they got to rise to. And I, my hat's off to, to them for that. Well, you know, most of them all echo the same thing. They, they want to prove that they're the best. Absolutely. You know, a title today does not necessarily prove that you're the best in that respective division. It just doesn't. You know, there's too many fighters that have titles. There's too many fighters that get a title shot without even proving themselves. You know, and, and then they end up being a champion. And, and then I love when they'll say, I am the whatever weight class champion of the world. And they're one of many champions of that weight class. So, you know, to suggest that you w are willing to get in the ring um, to, uh, to, to fight uh, and put your title on the line and fight another champion, uh, risking, uh, you know, you're both risking your belts uh, for, the, for the outcome, which is a win and a unified belt, and then the ultimate outcome of winning the tournament and being... Uh, really regarded as as the world's best uh, in that weight class. You know, uh, one of the rumored weight classes that the third uh, World Boxing Super Series uh, weight class will be was welterweight. And I find that fascinating because the top welterweights right now, um, you know, Errol Spence, uh, Terrence Crawford, and uh, Keith Thurman, 
Uh, then again, in, I, in, I in name, in name only. I I, I could have sworn I saw him on a milk carton the other day. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and then possibly the winner. Keith could fight. Of no, no, I'm not. Uh, he doesn't though. He doesn't but, fight. But he could fight. He uh, you know, so fight. can so can but a lot he, of other he people. Wants to, he could fight. He's a damn good fighter. But the. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Go ahead. Go and and, and uh, Lucas Matisse, uh, Manny Pacquiao, that's a welterweight division fight. Um, you know, I, I mean, there's there's some good champions out there. But there's a lot of other good welterweights that are below that championship. So if they chose to do a welterweight division, which maybe they won't, it would be all those next guys. The guys that are dangerous for the so-called champions to fight. Uh, and it would be interesting to see when the smoke clears which guy would rise to the top. And then, how would you regard him? We could easily regard a guy uh, in the Bantamweight division that that goes through this World Boxing Super Series and wins. We could easily say, well, that's the best Bantamweight in the world. We could do the same thing with the junior welterweight. Well, that's the best junior welterweight in the world. you know. But if they had a welterweight tournament today... And assuming that the Errol Spences and Keith Thurmans and Terrence Crawfords and uh, the winner of Matisse uh, uh, Manny Pacquiao don't, um, or, or even the, the winner of Danny Garcia and Sean Porter don't participate, well, that whole next group of welterweights, you would end up crowning a guy that should be entered into the conversation. What do you think? Well, I think, well, that's the whole synopsis right there. You know, you have so many fighters that are willing to throw their hat into the ring to evolve as the number one and uh, to be crowned the best. And that's why you won't see uh, fighters here that are already leveraged on top, that are already the best uh, for what they, they stand for, uh, wanting to take that risk for that reward. And that's the, that's the bottom line. That's the result, boy, I'll tell you. But it's a shame. But, yeah. And then you're going to see, well, we, we have the ultimate champions here, uh, that that didn't go in a champion. Why should they fool around and, and risk uh, risk with this? And but you could see a lot of a lot of things happening by these people, uh, by these fighters being crowned the uh, the uh, the favorites or, or so over in the UK with this uh, with this series of fighters. These guys will be uh, right in contention for this for a title fight uh, from some of the titleists over here or that did not enter the tournament. The bottom line is. In order to prove you're the best, you got to fight the best. In order well, to prove yeah. that you're the best, you got to risk. You got to take a certain amount of risk. You know, the boxing game was really changed. Uh, for while Floyd Mayweather was a champion, and he cherry picked for, for his division anyway. He cherry picked opponents and and walked around saying he was the best. You know, it really changed the outlook from fighters. Because nobody's going to deny that he was successful in his bank account and, you know, the perception of how good he is. Uh, you know, so everybody wanted to copy that. I'm glad that there's a new crop of fighters, even in that same weight class that he fought in, that are willing to fight each other, or at least they say they are. The only guys that are seemingly really willing and do it are non-U.S. fighters. I mean, I mean the stats don't lie. You know, all you got to do is look. You know, see who was in these tournaments before. See who risked their title. You know, look at the unified champions now. We have the both 
the super middleweight and cruiserweight finals from the last one ready to go. Now I'm ready to go over over the time limit. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I got a bunch of emails to read. Uh, so uh, don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, we got uh, some emails to read. Ready for some emails, Sal? Yes, sir. I sure am. First one's from my man, Mitch. He says, uh, dropping back down in weight. Any chance he wins a few rounds of this tournament? Or do you see one and done? He's referring to Nonito Donaire being added into the World Boxing Super Series tournament. Um you know, Nonito Donaire is a strange guy, and and he's and he's hard to not, not that he's a strange guy, but he's a, he's a hard guy to to figure out. You know, um, when he was at his best, he was dedicated and focused. When he slipped, he was he was basically uh, sidetracked uh, with other things like his wife um, and some uh, you know disagreements with his father, who was his trainer and. Um, you know, he had this, the, the birth of his child and, you know, there was just distractions. It all depends on what type of dedication that Nonito Donaire can put. He's entering a tournament in a weight class with arguably the world's best fighters. And at 35 years old in those smaller weight classes, that's a rarity. So I really don't know, Mitch. I think it's a 50-50. What do you think, Sal? I uh, I kind of uh, concur with you there. I, I think, you know, hey, you know, it is, uh, it is what it is. I think, uh, you know, can he rise to the occasion? Can he put uh, uh, a lot of the things in, in, that, that has happened in his life or, or mind or whatever the state he is right now? Uh, could he put the blinders on and focus and do? He's a talented fighter. Uh, but like I said, he's throwing his hat in a ring and I give him, I give him credit for that and, uh, we'll see how he does. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to be definitely paying attention to him. Um, he goes on to say, I'm hearing that Garcia against Porter is going to be postponed Ooh. and moved to November. It's like by the time Spence Jr. gets in the ring with Garcia, Porter or Thurman, he's not going to be able to make 147 anymore. He says, I also hear that the WBO is going to make Demetrius Andrade uh, the mandatory for Billy Joe Saunders. Um, that'd be that'd be a good fight. That'd be a good says, fight. Uh, that'd be a good fight. Oh, yeah. He says, uh, I hear Tony Yoka got suspended a year for missing not one, not two, but three drug tests. He says, uh, WBC moves Tyson Fury to Ooh. number seven, wow. making him eligible to fight Deontay Wilder. Wow. One now, fight away. Look at this. One now, fight now, back. Bam. How bam, does? Bam, how ready. can you see? This is this is my this is my point. How can you 
take two How years, can you, Mauricio Suleiman, and the WBC move Tyson Fury, who, uh, come on, come on, man. How do you move him to number seven after one fight, especially against who he did? I mean, that's it. it's a con job. It's a con job. Oh, it's just, you know, you pay your dues more ways than one. And, uh, you know, right. you, you find yourself, hey, look at that, I'm number seven. Uh, uh, he also says IBF uh, uh, is going to uh, order uh, uh, Jose to face uh, Khalid Plant. They use the guy? Uh, yeah, he says uh, George Groves against Calvin Smith uh, will be uh, slated uh, t- uh, to fight in September, but it won't happen in the U.K. Uh, he says, by the way, most of this is hearsay, but it's from a reliable source. Let's see how much of it turns out. Um the WBC's rankings were just put out, so I'm sure that that's correct. I didn't hear anything about the IBF uh, uh, ordering uh, that fight. I didn't hear anything about Garcia Porter being postponed. I, w- I wonder what the reason would be. Um, and Demetrius Andre uh, very well could be getting a title shot against Billy Joe Saunders if this, if a lot of those negotiations were done behind closed doors. It would it would give us a, a pretty good reason why. Uh, Demetrius came up with the money to buy out his contract from Joe DeGuardia and uh, Artie Puello. Uh, what's your thoughts on all these things that uh, Mitch is telling us? I'll tell you, Mitch has the man. He's got his ear to the ground. Mitch, Mitch is like uh, Mr. Radar. He 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 breaks his news and he finds out. And I'll tell you what, Mitch. I, I thank you so much for contributing that and sharing that. Uh, I'll tell you, he's, allegedly, uh, he's, uh, this is sorry. alleged news. This is alleged news. Come on, let's it's alleged news. Let, let's not saying alleged news. Let's, I'll tell you. Let's not put it's, Mitch. Let's not put. Let's not start making a statue of Mitch all of a sudden. I mean, yeah, come on. I mean, we 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 go from alleged news to a legend news. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, we'll build the Mitch Mitch legend news statue. Yeah, I, I think I mean, he's he's going to be sending me an email looking for paycheck, man. But well, uh, I'll tell you what, he, he, he Mitch has always been uh, contributing and, and and saying how the the ears are listening to our show and and how they arrive at a decision or a scenario. That uh, from some of the things that we've mentioned here, so why not have uh, why not mirror the same? I think Mitch Mitch is uh, definitely definitely he's got his ears low to the ground there. He's he's getting some good information. I, I just I, I just I just want to ask Mauricio Suleiman, Mauricio. <laughs> I know I know you and and my girl Jill Diamond, and I know you guys follow the show. How does beating Sarifi after being out of the ring? For all those years, almost three years for for Tyson Fury, get him an immediate number seven position in in the heavyweight rankings. I, I just don't get it. That is such. I mean, I, that is a you know slide him in at number fifteen, slide him in at, at number at number twelve. You know, I, it's 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 ludicrous, as Mike Tyson would say. It, it really is. It's. Uh, I mean, it's just terrible. It's terrible. But I'll uh, tell you why. It. it in defense, if we can rationalize it and look at it, maybe it's just saying, and and I'm just saying this, Mr. Suleiman. Maybe it's just saying that that's how, uh, you know, a Tyson Fury was regarded as an active champion, but also it may be saying how maybe thin the competition or how weak it may be in the top ten level. Now let's look at it. Who, in your opinion, in your opinion, Bill, and here's what we could do. 
I don't know if you really want to do it, but who would be the top 10 contenders in the heavyweight division? And you know what? When you go through the list of the top 10 and you see the pretenders from the contenders, well, guess what? You might just put Tyson Fury in the top 10 right there. Yeah, but I mean, you really can't. You see that... This is the like problem. I said, I'm just making up. No, I know you are, just, but but this is the problem with the sanctioning bodies and their own rankings. If if a fighter gets if uh, case in point, you could have a fighter that's ranked number one by a sanctioning body, and then all of a sudden that fighter gets a world title shot in another sanctioning body, and then they drop him. And a great example of that is Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao has been uh, in the top. Uh, uh, rankings of the WBO for years and years and years. He's fighting next weekend for the WBA title. So what does the WBO do? They drop him altogether. He's not even in, he's not even in their rankings anymore. You know, so you're not when you look at the ranking system by the sanctioning bodies, they're not legitimate rankings. That's why I only look at rankings now, either Boxrec or the IBO. And I say IBO because the IBO actually has the best computer rankings the sport has to offer in my opinion whenever you see a sanctioning body and their own champion isn't the number one guy you got to believe it plus when you look at them they the way that they rank their fighters the way they rank all fighters i should say they are very extensive with with the uh, program that they use to evaluate the opponents and their opponents etc etc it's it's really the best one. Boxrec is good, but I, I good. think I think IBO um, boxing rankings. I, I I think that they're the most legit. But uh, uh, in any event, I got another email here. This is uh, from my man Greg. He says, uh, "Hello, uh, guys. There's two quick points I want to make." He says, "There's a video from Errol Spence talking about uh, letting the Crawford fight marinate." He said he said it before Crawford. Uh, he said it's easier to make the winner of Garcia and Porter than Thurman because they all have the same manager. He said Crawford would be hard because of the rival networks. Now, he's saying this because I was being critical of Terrence Crawford and the marination process. Um, Errol Spence, he's the guy that says he doesn't need a promoter. Um, so he is going to run into some issues yeah, he will. Uh, when fighting, uh, when trying to get these bigger fights. Yep. Um, listen, I, I strongly believe that big fights do not need to be marinated. There's always another big fight. By marinating a fight, uh, you know, you run the risk. Uh, okay, maybe a small marination process, but after a certain amount of time, you run the risk of turning people away. I truly believe that... The Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder fight is in jeopardy of just that. I talk to a lot of people that are current boxing fans. They don't even want to talk about that fight anymore. Um, it's the same thing almost happened with Canelo and Triple G. And I do believe that the Triple G-Canelo rematch won't do as well as the first one did. I, I know people say I'm nuts, but uh, I, I really think people got uh, tired of that. They're, they're flocking towards these fighters that are seemingly willing to get in the ring with everybody, anyone. And Errol Spence is one of those guys, you know. And until he starts, uh, uh, you know, blatantly not wanting to fight other fighters, you know, people are going to look at him 
as being a guy willing to dance with whoever. And I think that that's important. That's what boxing needs, Sal. Well, we say that. And I, and I think Errol Spence is one of those great future great Hall of Famers myself if he stays on track. He's a great fighter. And I, I think he could be king of the welterweight division. Uh, he, he He's that good. And, but now we just need to see him shine and rise to the top and, and beat a lot of these uh, opponents out there that could be laid right in front of him. Um, and then I'm going to say, you know what? I think I think you and I, we, we have the opportunity right now, Bill, to form our own. I think we should take contributions. We should form our own sanctioning world body organization. I don't want another and we're, sanctioning and we're body. Gonna, you know what? And we're going to call it the W. The W-I-M-O. It's going to be the world, in my opinion, organization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just what boxing needs, another one. Um, my man Greg has uh, another uh, point. He says, also, Zolani... <laughs> okay, he says, Zolani, I, and we were calling it Teet. He says, his last name is pronounced Tay-Tay instead of Teet. Two syllables instead of one. So apparently us mispronouncing Zolani Tete's last name has really been ruffling some tail feathers. Thank you very much for pointing that I out. Hey, listen, listen, I am the murderer of the English language. I have never claimed to be able to. So if anybody can help me pronounce a name correctly, why do you think I have the show brand Billy C? I can't even pronounce my own last name, you know? So uh, uh, I appreciate that. Zolani oh, Tete. Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Greg. Uh, we have another email. Uh, actually, this is the last one. And act actually, this isn't even an email. I very rarely... That's right, I remember this now. Um, I very rarely um, respond or or be part of, make part of the show a, a comment I pick up from, from uh, uh, you know, someplace else. This one happens to be a YouTube comment from uh, yesterday's show, from uh, yesterday, Thursday, July 5th show. And I, I was reading it last night, and, um, you know, when I first started reading it, I, uh, I was, like, ready to say, what, you know, I'm so sick of hearing this crap. But, but I actually read the whole thing, and it's worthy of it. So normally, uh, listen, boys and girls, if you want your questions, comments, concerns, opinions, whatever, read on this show, the best thing to do is email me, Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. But occasionally, I will show this. Now, this was posted yesterday on yesterday's show, and it's from uh, someone with the handle on YouTube uh, called Dr. Mello fellow and dr mellow fellow uh says now now the title of our show was manny pacquiao versus lucas matisse money issues resolved the fight is 100 percent go we got into it a little bit yesterday uh, we criticized manny and his shoulder etc etc dr mellow fellow said manny had a torn rotator cuff ever had one of those Feels yes. it, uh, uh, <laughs> yes, we go. Yes, we do. One of us did. Uh, he says it feels like doing a few hundred throwing motions as hard as you can with it. Uh, he says a uh, Floyd denied Manny using the contractually previously agreed upon Reyes puncher's gloves the day before the fight. 
Floyd denied Manny using the previously agreed upon uh, tradeol injection for his shoulder injury because Manny was in uh, traffic and an hour late. Floyd took a 750 milliliter illegal by 700 milliliters uh, via Uvada rules. Floyd's testosterone uh, to uh, epi testosterone ratio was one to three instead of three to one. Floyd juiced and masked. Floyd clearly didn't want Manny at his best. Floyd held uh, behind uh, tech head continually. Uh, oh, not tech. He's meant to say the. Floyd held behind the head continually and should have been deducted points. That would have forced him to fight, and that's something the track star had no interest in doing. He lost in the eyes of many anyway. Get a ref that won't allow his BS. Manny wears the Reyes. Fight occurs in the Philippines. You really think it would have been the same fight? Do you think the arrogant, cocky, I would beat him 100 times if he fought 100 times Floyd Mayweather really has the guts he acts like he has and would do that? You know what, Dr. Mello fellow? I agree with you. Floyd Mayweather has no guts. He's he's definitely a track star. He's a, he's in my opinion, this guy uh, was a smokescreen. He conned a generation or two of fans. I despise Floyd Mayweather and what he did to the sport of boxing. And that, Doctor Mello fellow, is why I decided to read uh, your uh, comment on YouTube. Uh, all of those things that you're saying have been alleged. There has been no uh, process taken against Floyd, and it seems to be the same reasons why they slapped Canelo Alvarez on the wrist uh, for uh, him testing positive not once but twice for performance-enhancing steroids. It's all about the money in the in the state of Nevada and specifically Las Vegas. Um, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, many people believe that he himself is a cheater. It's never been proven. Uh, but uh, I think that he was one of the worst things that ever happened to the sport of boxing. And and just to give Floyd credit for his abilities, I don't think we ever got to see the best Floyd Mayweather because of his inability and lack of balls to step in the ring with young, real fighters during their own primes. Do you have any thoughts on this, Sal? Well, I'll tell you why. You went across the board on that one. I uh, I. Ay, 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 I'll tell you. I think that, uh, you know, all that kept going through my mind was <sighs> having Manny Pacquiao, yes, get his torn rotator cuff, which you do need that repaired. I have a super spinatus, whatever it's called, torn, torn, and it's probably too late for me to even have it surgically repaired. Um, the reason I haven't is because I know I'd be back in the ring. But the bottom line is this. Uh, I would have thought that Manny Pacquiao would have done anything he could do to try and get Floyd Mayweather back in a ring with him because that was his sole purpose for getting the surgery and coming back. He did try to get a rematch. Yeah, I know, but you know, you could try, but you know, if you, it's like it's Sal, like Sal, up, you know, you like know what, you know, yeah, but you know, like yeah, but you know what, the worst, the worst thing that happened to, to Manny for him, the, he could have probably. Maneuvered into a rematch, but he lost to Jeff Warren. Well, that sidetracked. I know, side I, I know him. that, but I'm talking about Manny's first fight back should have been somehow 
intertwined with getting Mayweather back in the ring with him, his first fight back. That was his sole focus and purpose of why he was going to get the surgery, why he was going to come back, and why. I mean, in my mind, that's what I believed, that this was his purpose. And you know what? He could have had the bullhorn. He could have said, well, fight me in my territory in the Philippines. Fight me with my gloves. Come out. I mean, you hear what they do using the media to, to project what they, what they feel to instigate something, to get a fighter to, to pay attention, to, to have the media draw some attention to the, the, the subject that matter. And, you know, Pacquiao probably could have done the same thing with a smart campaign in doing that. Well, Mayweather won this fight, but this is why. I'm now better. I'm ready. Let's fight with my gloves. Let's do this. I mean, it could have been a daily thing. It could have been a daily thing that he touted, and, and it would have it would have forced the issue eventually. It possibly could have. Yeah, but who wants you know? to hear the excuses? We all criticized Manny. No, you know, no, I, I don't know want to that I, with the excuses, I, but and I do, and I do, I, I I agree. You don't you don't use your excuses of this, that, and everything else. But to to get him back into the ring and agitate and disrupt and and get get the get the uh, fan base or the media behind you on that level could have could have almost forced the issue or made it more palatable for people to want to really negotiate and sit down and talk about it. All he had to do, Sal, at yep. the end of the day, was knock out Jeff Horn. That's all he had to do. Well, you know, I, and, 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 and that's the truth. You know, he had Jeff Horn in serious trouble. He let him off the hook, and then he boxed like he thought he won the fight. Well, I, and, and I've always said two things, and I love Manny Pacquiao, and he is a Hall of Famer. But the guy maybe over-chomped a bit. He 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 started out as a bantamweight. I mean, he's already welterweight. I mean, how much how heavy can he go? And and uh, you know, I I think Jeff Horn had his number that night. And who's to say uh, it's not going to happen this weekend? I, I and and what did I say also when Manny Pacquiao was going to fight anyone but Floyd Mayweather? I said it's going to be a, she a shame. To see Manny Pacquiao in his stellar twilight career to be used as fodder for some other up-and-coming fighter. And that's exactly what happened when he went in the ring against Jeff Horn. You know, you mentioned about the fodder, but what about the mother? Where, where's the, the mother? mother. Where's the, the mother? The mother, you got to wait for a rainstorm. No, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, listen, you know, I can't stand fighters. I don't want to make an excuse, but, you know, Manny Pacquiao, but, I, hey, hurt, I, hurt, I hurt my shoulder. I hurt my shoulder in that fight. You know, I, I you know, and, and quite honestly, I, I, you know, we watched the fight. Um, yeah, I can't please. stand Floyd Mayweather. Can't stand him. Can't stand him. I wish nothing but terrible things on the guy. Uh, I hope uh, the big guy upstairs doesn't strike me dead right now. But um, I, the truth of the matter is, is no one wanted Floyd to get knocked the F out more than me. He didn't let it happen. Now, granted, he runs like a scared little bitch because he is a bitch, and all he likes to knock he, out is he, women. He, no, he's a, he's a woman, Peter. Let's be real. Let's call a spade a spade. Floyd's a bitch. Floyd's a punk. I mean, Floyd beats up women. He, he has his posse around him, sending goons after his own fighters. Even his own fighters are, are losing respect for him. Floyd is a bitch. I mean, there's no other way to say it. All right, I, I say good riddance to Floyd Mayweather. I don't ever want to see him again. I can't wait for the day that he's piss poor broke. 
as broke as me. I hope he is, you know. But but the truth of the matter is, is Manny Pacquiao screwed up. We could blame Floyd for everything under the sun. But the truth of the matter is, in the fight with Manny, Manny screwed up. If I'm Manny Pacquiao and I hurt my shoulder before that fight, I don't fight. Do you think for a minute that Floyd Mayweather, who has to have everything in his favor, would have went on, went through that fight if he had anything that wasn't 100% with him? There's no way he would have. Floyd would have postponed that fight in a heartbeat. I don't care how much money was on the table. I don't care. It would have taken place. An injury is an injury is an injury. If, if Manny Pacquiao injured his shoulder and it was so bad that he couldn't raise his arm and throw punches, he shouldn't have stepped in the ring. Once he stepped in the ring, you can't make the excuse. I'm sorry. You can't. You can't do it. You know, so even with that, he made the mistake. He loses the fight. He still had a chance to resurrect the rematch. Floyd Mayweather is a businessman. As much as I can't stand him, he's a businessman. He's not going to walk away from another $100 million. So all Manny had to do was win a couple of fights, show that he was injured, show that he's the old Manny. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. And you know what? You're right. Next week when he steps in the ring with Matisse, Matisse is not an easy fight for, for Manny Pacquiao. So, you know, should Manny Pacquiao beat Matisse? And it'll be just around the time Floyd Mayweather owes the IRS the money from the McGregor fight. Maybe we'll see a rematch. I don't know. I don't think many people want to even see it, though, Sal, except for you. Well, you know what? I, I, what did I say, Bill, after that fight? And uh, not, to, not to disagree or not to oppose what Dr. Fellow said. And... Uh, I like that to create a very smart name because that's what a interning uh, doctor is, a fellow to another doctor. And uh, so I like that, Dr. Fellow. Dr. Uh, Mellow Fellow. What's it called? It, he was Dr. Mellow Fellow. Well, he's a Mellow Fellow. He, he's a practicing doctor. He might be really a physician, you know. I don't know. Unless he's, he's, uh, you know, he's there, a physician magician. Wasn't there a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? <laughs> hey, hey, you're looking at him. <laughs> anyway, listen to me. Um and not to disagree with Dr. Mellow Fellow, but uh, the bottom line is, what did I say after the Manny Pacquiao uh, Floyd Mayweather fight? I you, just said, felt you said, that I, told you, I told you, I told you. I told you he'd win. I told you, though. No. I said, and, I, and, and like I said, Dr. Mellow Fellow's not going to like this, but I said, if you gave an opportunity for these guys to fight 100 times, I believe Floyd Mayweather just has met Manny Pacquiao's number. He runs. He, he runs like a bitch. Well, he just has a style that Manny doesn't deal with favorably. Well, I think this listen, style. I listen. Think because you know what? Manny has to cut the ring off. Manny has to make it his fight. Manny's got to crowd his fighter. Manny's got to be inside. Manny's got to have him on the ropes. And Floyd has a style that's not going to allow that to happen. So yeah, man, he can't fight his fight. But Floyd it's not this. Floyd's style is not the sweet science. The sweet science is is a fighter like Lomachenko who who avoids the punch, but he's oh, yeah. there to punch his opponent. Floyd's not. I can't stand when people say that Floyd's the the definition of sweet science because he's just like uh, 
like the 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 uh, listener said, you know, he's a track star. That's what he is. He's a runner. But anyway, there's some fights this weekend I want to break down. I, 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 you know what? Let me take a short break here. Take a break. And take then, a break. And take then a break. Uh, when we come back, we will uh, uh, break down a couple of fights uh, that are taking place this weekend. So uh, don't go anywhere. Billy C will be right back. Now back to talking boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there, Jeremy, man. Uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. Uh, Don't forget, next week we're going to be making some announcements about this show. Um, Some of you may be happy, and I think a lot of you may not be. Um, you know, just the, uh, the nature of how this sport is, uh, unfolding for me personally. Um, it's, uh, and, and don't get me wrong. I think that there's a lot of, uh, really good fighters out there. I think we ha- we talked about this yesterday. I think that we, we have the potential, uh, to have a, a, a great era, uh, for this sport. But unfortunately, uh, the people that, uh, run the sport, uh, continue to uh, not do it correctly or fleece the fan and, and actually push away uh, boxing fans. And, um, you know, the nucleus of, of the fan base for the sport of boxing are diehard fans that will stick with the sport no matter what. They're the ones that get fleeced the most. But the casual fan or the fan that's not the fan yet are the ones that we want. We want to take... Uh, sports fans that aren't boxing fans and make them into boxing fans. And the only way to do that is to continue with exciting, uh, evenly matched fights. I mean, after all, if you choose to be a boxer, your 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 choice of career means that you got to fight. And yes, you're risking your life every time you get in a ring. You're choosing to do it. Well, that's what you got to do. You know, it's the same thing with football uh, you know, these football players now that you can't you, you, running backs can't even put their head down anymore. I mean, uh, you know, it's the same thing that's happening in that sport. You know, they're trying to take the sport away. Now, the, the, the backdrop on that is they're looking out for the safety of the participants. Well, if it's about safety, then let's all live in a bubble. And that's that, you know, it, it would be one thing. If and, and boxing isn't like this, obviously, because they don't all fighters don't make a lot of money. But in other sports, these guys are getting paid a lot of money. You know, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, Sal, and I was saying, you know, the safety factor, I get it. And, and you know, that's a good thing. But the, the athlete knows the risk that they're taking before they put on the shoulder pads. And I'm talking about football specifically. And they're getting compensated for it. They're getting paid millions of dollars to do it, all right? What's so different than a doctor who spends, you know, 15 years, 20 years 
getting himself ready to become a surgeon or be a doctor and the money that he spends and invests in his education and his and his you know uh, training and and this and that and and then the end result is that he earns a lot of money what's so different yes he's not banging his head against the wall but his sacrifice of 15 20 years of his life is what justifies his pay scale well the sports industry obviously you're not going to sacrifice uh you're not investing that you're sacrificing your body in return for big numbers i I know it's hard to follow as an analogy but the point is is that why would people want to take away uh the intricacies of a sport that make it as as popular as it was uh, for the benefit of safety, if it's that much of a concern. And don't get me wrong, I want safety. But, I mean, don't jeopardize the sport. Make it illegal. If boxing is, is too dangerous, then don't make it legal. You know, if football's too dangerous, then outlaw it. I mean, I, you know, why would you curtail and, 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 and prevent things from happening? You know, they want to do away with the kickoffs in the NFL. I can't watch football without a kickoff. <laughs> You know, I mean, in boxing, we, we already tried to make it as safe as possible. You know, now they don't even want to fight each other. I, I, I don't know. I don't want it to. Listen, I'm an advocate for safety. I have come up. You know this, Sal, and people that have been listening to the show since I started 15 years ago know that I've not only come up with solutions, but have presented them uh, to different boxing commissions and the ABC, every, et cetera, et cetera, about safety. And, and they laugh because nobody wants to spend the money. They're all hypocrites. They all say, yeah, it's got to be safer. But nobody steps up and does it. I, I don't know, Sal. Am I off base here? No, you're not, Bill. And I concur. And I'm going to tell you this. I mean, you made it. I thought it was a brilliant analogy. And uh, I, I really like the analogy. Because as you said, it's a different venue. It's a different vein. A different artery. No pun intended that you're going down. But... You know, the end result, you're looking at an athlete investing his and sacrificing his his innate ability and to learn and to, to improve and to practice uh, on what his body and his mentality and mindset could perform and do at whatever level that not everybody could do. Just like a physician has to go through med school, has to go through regular college, has to go through uh, monetary means, has to go through a lot to hone in, to make his grade. And years later, yes, he's compensated. Just like years later, a fan, I mean, a, a, a fighter, football player, baseball player is compensated. So, I mean, it, it may not be the direct proportion analogy, but it is an analogy, and I respect it. I appreciate it, and I follow it. And, you know, again, we see some things have inherent risks. And, I mean, when my father told me, you know, when I told him I want to, I want to fight, I want to be a professional fighter, you know, and he would say, Zal, this is what could happen to you. This is this. I knew it at a young age. I knew it. And I'll tell you, that's the reason why I chose to retire when I did at the peak of my career. When I, when I had that, that war, that fight I had, that which was a great fight, and I won it, it was a 10-round war, and uh, I was sutured up with, uh, with four cuts. I begged the doctors to let the fight continue, and they did, and, and I won the fight, and I had four cuts, 130 stitches, two perforated eardrums, separated retina, and, uh, and I begged the doctor to, hey, man, you got to heal me up because I'm, I'm now ranked, and I, I might get a title shot. 
And he said, hey, we're worried about the cuts inside of your head. And I'm saying, what are you talking about? This was 1986. This is when Muhammad Ali was going down real fast. And the doctor said, hey, Sal, I uh, just want to let you know that we're worried about the cuts happening inside of the head. Now, to me, it was like, what are you talking about, doc? Uh, and that's when he explained to me. He said, do yourself a favor. Get out of boxing by the time you're 28 if you want to live a long life, if you want to play with your grandchildren, if you want to have no ill effects that from the game. I didn't know what he was talking about. My father was there, and I said, hey, Dad, just remind me of this conversation a couple of years from now. If we're not where we are, maybe I'll think about it. But that's it. you know. And he explained why the number when you're in your late 20s was significant enough to walk away from uh, head-banging sports like this. And, I, and, and made sense to me. And that was the path I chose. Do I have regrets? Well, there's trade-offs in life. And you know what? That's for me to always reconcile with and to, to come to terms with. But the bottom line is uh, uh, I'm grateful that I have my health today and I'm able to do uh, a million things and whatever I, whatever I want to do. So uh, it, it is what it is. But these these fighters that put it on the line, that, that sacrifice, and these, these football players and these baseball players, yeah, they know the inherent risk. And they know that even in baseball, you get hit in the head with a ball. You could, you could, uh, uh, you know, there's there's injuries that happen in all sports. So, and then the feel good police can only make certain things happen to curve tail and dovetail it. And and the sports never the same. I mean, I, I I don't like the fact they took away the 15 rounds. I don't like the fact that they, there's other things going on. And you know, you can only change a sport so much. And I do agree to, to enhance what's favorable and safety. But when you choose a, a career and you know the, the, uh, the, the potential hazards and dangers, I mean, that's why we are free in society. We can choose our destination. And, and sometimes we, we make the wrong decisions. Sometimes we make the right decisions. Sometimes we gamble and we bet. That's what we do as human nature, human beings. The bottom line is if as long as you know – the risks, and you decide yeah. to take the move, then then whatever. You know, I, listen, I have been an advocate for boxing safety for a long time. Yes, you and, have. And, and it, there's easy solutions to to get a fighter to, to be more safe when he's in the ring. There's things that doctors can do prior to a fight and after a fight that would enhance the safety. But, you know, to take away certain things... Like you suggest, that extra couple of rounds, those extra three rounds, whatever. That's all. That's all. Like, that's you know, BS. Like, it's BS. It. You know, it's like, oh well, it's safer. You know, no, it's not safer. <laughs> it's you not know, safer. It's just as dangerous. You know, um, but the, <laughs> one but, round is just as dangerous as fifteen. Exactly. But the truth, that, well, the 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 sustained well, I, beating is what the, the the test results show, and it's a similar yeah. in football. My point about football is that the sport is the sport. Yes, they have made a lot of, of rule changes for safety. You know, you used to be able to, uh, same thing in boxing, you used to be able to, a guy gets knocked down, you used to be able to stand right over him, and as soon as he was halfway up, you could punch him again. You know, they, they change that. You know, change I, but, that. but we got to draw, we got to draw the line somewhere, you know, but, uh, but as far, I'm a big football fan, and Larry's not, when I play, I played football in high school, and when I played, we all wanted to be John Riggins and Larry Zonka, you know. Yeah. And yeah, and true. you know, uh, okay. So we know now, you know, you shouldn't you you shouldn't go with your head first. They teach going tackling with your shoulder first. Fine. Now, 
the rule changed going into this year for the NFL is if a running back puts his head down to gain another yard or two, they, they're rejected from the game. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. No, I, don't even go I, there. I was just I I, come on. I was just going over the rules uh, with someone yesterday, and I hadn't heard this, and I was shocked. I was shocked. I was already I was already to stop watching the sport if because they're real close to doing away with kickoffs, and uh, you know if if that happens, I won't watch. You know what? This is why I'm I'm really ready to hang it up here because uh, uh, I can't stand. The fans, really, and, and and all these ignorant fans that you know uh, don't know. Eh, you know what? Let's break down this fight. Let's break down the fight. There's two fights we're going to break down. Well, they're both on the same card. Uh, the first one is going to be a heavyweight fight between uh, um, Andy Ruiz Jr. and Kevin Johnson. Now, let's look at Kevin Johnson first. Um, you know, Kevin Johnson was a former world uh, heavyweight title challenger. He's 38 years old. He's ranked at number 98 in the world at heavyweight. He's six foot three. He's got an 82 inch reach. His record: 32 wins, 16 coming by knockout, nine losses in which he was only stopped twice, and uh, one draw. Uh, he's fought uh, a total of 42 fights. He's went 264 rounds with a 38% uh, knockout ratio. At one time. At one time. I believed that Kevin Johnson was the best heavyweight in the world. That was 10 years ago. This guy had it all. He had pop. He had boxing ability. He had a granite chin. The first time he was ever stopped was, was in 2015 when Anthony Joshua knocked him out. He turned pro in 2003. His rise uh, up the ranks, he did fight some decent opponents after his 10th fight or so. Um He's uh, got some wins over known guys like a Bruce Seldon. Yes, he was old. Uh, he, he's, he's went the distance with big names like Vitaly Klitschko. Went 12 rounds with that power puncher. Went 12 rounds with Tyson Fury. Went 12 rounds with Derek Chisora. Went 10 rounds with Manuel Char. These were losses uh, after he dis, you know, decided to just go for money or whatever. Uh, tough guy. He did get stopped by Anthony Joshua, first time in his career. He went 12 rounds with Cuba Pulov uh, in April of last year. And his most recent big win uh, was uh, October of last year when he beat uh, Francisco Piata uh, with a seventh-round stoppage. Uh, Piata was uh, regarded as a, a top uh, heavyweight at the time, one of the top. His last fight was in March of this year. He was stopped for the second time in his career, an eighth-round stoppage uh, at the hands of uh, uh, Peter uh, Millis uh, in uh, Germany uh, back in March. Um, you know, Kevin Johnson, 38 years old, he's looking for paydays right now. I don't know how great a shape he gets in the ring these days or anything. Now, he steps in the ring. Uh, on Saturday against Andy Ruiz Jr. Andy Ruiz Jr. has taken a lot of uh, flack from me over the years. Uh, this is a guy that uh, basically looks like Humpty Dumpty. Um, is not exactly in uh, the greatest shape. Uh, but the kid can box. And he did lose some weight. And, um, you know, I, I, thought that he was, uh, I thought that he was on his fast track back. He had a very weak... Uh, road to uh, uh, his world title shot, uh, beating uh, the uh, the normal 
uh, opponents. Uh, on paper, he did get some wins over guys that looked good, like Joe Hanks and Tor Hammer, and uh, Manuel Cusada was uh, was actually in a in an uprise when he beat him. He beat the uh, well past his prime, Sergey uh, Lukayevich. Um, you know, he's got some decent wins over the guys he should have fought, and he did get a world title shot uh, against Joseph Parker. Uh, back in 2016 when the WBO uh, heavyweight title uh, was vacant. And a lot of people felt he won that fight. The fight took place in New Zealand, and he lost a majority 12-round decision. He's only fought once since then. He fought uh, Devin Vargas in his last fight in March and stopped Devin Vargas in the first round. Devin Vargas really doesn't train much or anything else. Andy Ruiz has a record of 30 wins, 20 by knockout, and only one loss, and that was to Joseph Parker. He's fought 129 rounds as a pro in his 31 fights, and he's got a 65% uh, uh, knockout ratio. Um, he's 28 years old, 10 years younger than Kevin Johnson. He's ranked at number 22 in the world at heavyweight. Um, you know, I wonder if I could actually name 22 heavyweights that are really better than Andy Ruiz. I mean... Uh, um, it's interesting about that. He's six foot two. He's given up uh, an inch. He's an inch shorter uh, than Kevin Johnson. And check this stat out: his reach is seventy four inches, eight inches shorter than Kevin Johnson. The way this fight should go down is Kevin Johnson should box this kid. Kevin Johnson used to be able to box. He's thirty eight years old now, however, and he's been in some wars and he's been stopped uh, specifically in his last fight. But if Kevin Johnson was smart and he had any uh, glimpse of, of youth left, then uh, he indeed would try to outbox Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz is, uh, uh, you know, not fleet of foot. Uh, he is a little pudgy still, even though he's, uh, and that's saying it lightly, even though he has lost weight. If Kevin Johnson was smart, he would try to box this guy, be on his toes, outbox him, go the distance, steal a decision. Except that's not how I think it's going to go. I think that's how Kevin Johnson should do it. But I think Kevin Johnson is a 38-year-old fighter that uh, is really going for paydays. And um, this fight's going to be no different than uh, his last fight, which was a stoppage loss. I'm looking for Andy Ruiz in this fight to, uh, to look good against Kevin Johnson and uh, maybe even get the stoppage. Uh, he does have punching power. If he gets into the chest of Kevin Johnson and pounds away, all depending upon how good of shape Andy Ruiz is in, I'm picking Ruiz. And I'll go on the, on the line here and say that not only is he going to win, I think he's going to win by uh, stoppage. What's your thoughts on this one, Sal? Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I see the fight just as you were drawing a beautiful scenario. And like I said, Bill, I have a hard time finding anybody that could break down fights such as you. You do it in great detail and common sense. And uh, uh, not that you were trying to sell me on any way, shape, or form, but the bottom line is I see the same thing. Kevin Johnson, he's an older fighter. Uh, how much does he have to, to look forward to? Uh, even if he wa he's out there just for the payday, he's got to look credible in fights and, and, and look good in fights because if he does not, his pay scale is going to diminish with each fight he loses. Uh, so for that being an incentive, I think he'll do a good job. I see the fight early on. He may try to box. He may try to, to keep uh, Andy Ruiz off him. 
But ultimately, I think Randy Ruiz uh, knows what's at stake for his career, too. And he is a younger fighter at 28. So he does have a few years ahead of him. And I think that uh, I see Johnson fading after the fifth or sixth round. I do see Andy Ruiz stopping him by the eighth. Um, the next fight and last fight we're going to do is uh, really the uh, biggest fight of the weekend. Danny O'Connor is uh, uh, taking on uh, Jose Carlos Ramirez for the vacant WBC Junior Welterweight title, which was one of the titles that Terrence Crawford uh, vacated. Uh, Danny O'Connor, Danny boy. Um, you know, I saw Danny O'Connor fight a lot of times. This was a guy, I don't know if you remember me mentioning that uh, Danny O'Connor um, is one of these fighters, if you've ever seen him live, you hear his punches. He lands a punch on his opponent, and it's it's just it's thudding. I mean, this yeah, guy, yeah. you know, he's it just, I'm shocked that, that he, he's only got, 11 knockouts of his 30 wins. I mean, every time he throws and lands a punch, you, you can feel it. There's got to be something wrong in his delivery. Uh, I just, and I can't see it. I'm not a trainer, but um, I just don't get it. Anyway, Danny O'Connor is 33 years old. Uh, he's ranked at number 27 in the world at junior uh, uh, welterweight. He's five foot eight. He's a southpaw, 67 and a half inch reach. Uh, his record, 30 wins, 11 by knockout, three losses in which he was only stopped uh, once. Uh, and ironically enough, two of his three losses were at the hands of the same guy, Gabe Brazaro. And uh, uh, Gabriel Brazario, uh is also the only guy to knock out Danny O'Connor, which is also strange because Brasario is not known as a power puncher. Anyway, Danny O'Connor has uh, 33 fights under his belt, 174 rounds, 33% knockout ratio. When you look at his level of opposition, his last two fights were against decent guys, Steve Claggett and Daniel Gonzalez, both uh, uh, wins. Uh, the Gonzalez fight was a knockout win. Um, and he's also got some good fights against um, decent opponents, uh, you know, like Chris Gilbert and, and Andrew Farmer was a big win for him uh, back in 2014. Uh, he's a talented fighter, but he's lacking something. I don't know. Um, I don't know what it is. Uh, I've always been a fan of his, but uh, he steps in the ring with Jose Carlos Ramirez, who's 25 years old. That's eight years younger than Danny O'Connor. Um, he's five foot ten inches tall, 72 inch uh, and a half, 72 and a half inch reach. Uh, he's two inches taller than Danny O'Connor, and he's got a five inch reach advantage over uh, Danny O'Connor. He's undefeated 22 and 0 with 16 knockouts. That's a 73% uh, knockout ratio, 22 fights, only 85 rounds as a pro. His last two fights against, I think, um, very good opposition. Amir Oman, he won a 12 round decision uh, in a very entertaining fight. And he also uh, beat. Uh, handed uh, Mike Reed his first loss when he knocked out Mike Reed in the second round of their scheduled 10-round fight. The rest of his uh, resume is uh, of decent fighters. I mean, this kid was moved along um, uh, the way I would move a kid along. You know, he, he, he was his level of opposition was uh, increased, um, you know, fight by fight. And I think that uh, Ramirez is the real deal. With that said, as much as a big fan I am of Danny O'Connor, I think Danny O'Connor's style is going to be perfect 
for Jose Carlos Ramirez. I'm looking for Ramirez to uh, win this fight. I think it's going to go back and forth a little bit in the beginning, uh, but I think uh, towards the middle rounds, Ramirez is going to pour it on. And unfortunately for Danny O'Connor, I think this fight ends in a stoppage. I'm picking uh, Ramirez uh, in this one. What's your thoughts, Sal? Well, I, I also am going to go with uh, Ramirez. I think Ramirez uh, is definitely uh, a, a, a force reckoned to be reckoned with uh, for for a while now. I think that he's going to do a great job, and I think uh, uh, Danny O'Connor will put up a good fight. He he uh, definitely will show some some signs of uh, of uh, of. Uh, doing what he needs to do to, to try and land some good shots and avoid some shots. But I think old, uh, in the end, I think Ruiz is going to get to him, and I think he's going to actually stop him. Uh, and I see I see this also going towards the later rounds, but I think uh, I think that Ruiz will stop Danny O'Connor. Later rounds or what? Later rounds, yeah, I think between the uh, 9th and 12th. Well, interesting, interesting. I, uh, I'm with you. I think that... Uh, uh, I think that the fight um, is uh, is going to end in a stoppage as well. Um, I know that uh, it's going to be an entertaining fight. There's some other decent fights. It's going to be a good season. fight. It's going to be a good fight. I like it. I, Danny O'Connor is not a quitter either, so he's going to he's going to be a gamer. He's going to be giving it a good shot. And there's going to be some. Uh, I'll use the term ebb and flow, and <laughs> although ebb and flow will not be present. Uh, You'll see it in the ring, and uh, but I think uh, I think they'll both have signs of of, uh, of uh, good good spots there. But I think uh, in the end, uh, Jose Ramirez is going to be uh, showing more of those uh, favorable signs. Well, I um, I the thing I've always liked about Daniel Connor was his heart, you know, That's... and uh, you know, like I said, if anybody's ever seen him live, um, they. Uh, they would hear his punches, and I, I, like I said, I'm not a trainer, so I, I you know, I can't identify. Especially, I, I've never seen him in a gym, so I don't, you know, I can't really watch his punches being delivered. And although I've seen him live, um, I, I've never been like on the apron to watch him. So uh, I, I've seen his punches deliver; they look fine, you know, from a couple of rows back. Uh, but he's got to be doing something wrong. Um, because this kid, the way his punches sound, he should be destroying people. Uh, but, you know, he has taken some shots. I mean, he's a typical Irish, you know, New England-style fighter. I mean, he reminds <laughs> me of, of all the rest of them, you know. I mean, yes. uh, uh, you know, I give him credit. And, and quite honestly, that's how he's earned uh, this fight, uh, you know, because he's, he's ranked at number uh, – uh, he was ranked – at number 27 uh, in the world at, at that division. And uh, uh, Jose Carlos Ramirez is ranked at number 20, but yet the WBC, this is by the computer, but yet the WBC is letting them contend uh, for their world title. And that always bothers me too when I see these these uh, fighters fighting for a world championship and, you know, the computer has them uh, nowhere near the top 10 or 15. I mean, at least... A fighter fighting for a world title should be uh, b the way a computer ranks them in the top 12, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's again, the ranking systems. They're subject to human error. They're subject to a lot of things. But uh, that's what we deal with on a daily basis in a fight game.
Um, we have our trivia question, uh, and uh, it's a tough one, uh, apparently, because oh, we haven't boy. gotten uh, any new, uh, any correct answers. But uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get somebody that will uh, uh, be able to take advantage of this over the weekend and give us a winning uh, answer, so I can give away a, a copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. Uh, if you're the first one to email me the correct answer, Billy at Talking Boxing, that's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, uh, you'll win that uh, copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. The question is, uh, what two famous actors once shared an apartment with the late, great Jack Dempsey? Which two famous actors once shared an apartment with the late, great Jack Dempsey? Now, here's a hint. Think about when Jack Dempsey fought, and then think of the actors who were acting at that time. Um, because I'm not saying that it necessarily was uh, during his career, but both of these actors that shared an apartment with Jack Dempsey happened to have been in the movies during his career. So that's a big hint. If you're the first one wow. to email me the correct answer, Billy at Talkin Boxing, that's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, you'll win the prize. And by the way, both of these guys are well-known actors, especially during their day and still today. Ooh, that's another big hint, Sal. It's another big hint. <laughs> but uh, anyway, hey, listen, um, next week we will be making some announcements about this show. Um, some of you may like it. And a lot of you may not. But then again, uh, a lot of you don't even like listening to me anyway. So uh, it is what it is. So, uh, hey, listen, make sure you watch as many fights as you can this week. Support boxing as best as you can. And remember one thing. Make sure you tune in Monday morning. Same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. <laughs>